Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. This week we are going to be discussing K-dramas, and this is, again, a subject that your host knows very little about, so my two wonderful panelists are going to sort of take over for me, and I'm just going to moderate the discussion a little bit. Um, But before I introduce our panelists, uh, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. As always, we are taking listener support for as little as 99 cents a month to 9.99 a month. You can help support the show, and also 50% of what you donate to us will go to one Black Lives Matter organization per month. Um, And also, we have a Redbubble store with different merchandise, masks, because we have to be masking up still, pins, stickers, uh, cups, everything you can possibly think of, almost. Uh, So if you're interested in that, that link will also be in the show notes. And also 50% of what we see from that will also go to one Black Lives Matter organization. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and start the show and go around. And I'm going to have my two panelists introduce themselves and tell me one thing in pop culture they're into right now. Start with you, Angela. Hi. 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 So... Uh, just a fair warning before we start, though, because it's Korean Dramas Day, so that's Friday, celebrate with some soju, so here we go, celebrating, woo, okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, I am Angela, um, the one thing that I'm enjoying right now, I just got into Lovecraft Country, so just only started the first episode, so I'm not like legit expert yet on it yet but i've you know, been loving you know hp uh, lovecraft first growing up so i'm just kind of excited about just getting to start the series awesome and you're liking it so far then yes <laughs> only one episode but that, that's a good thing though so <laughs> yeah yeah and Susie. well hello everyone dear listeners Tis I, Susie. Um, some of you may remember me from the telenovela episode last week, I believe. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, well, it is you. <laughs> oh my God, we're back again. Um, so, <laughs> something that I've been watching recently is I recently got into Doom Patrol because I have a really like I really like Brandon Fraser like him and the mummy is just it's one of my favorite roles that he's done along with George of the Jungle and I just I wanted to see what he's what he was up to because you know we haven't we haven't heard a lot from him in the past few years but I I really like it I think he does a great job as emoting as this a little bit of a spoiler robot man I I find a little bit of fun 
Yeah, and it was just announced he's going to be in a new Darren Aronofsky film as well. I know there, there's a great article out there. I can't remember if it was in Vanity Fair or somewhere else with an interview with him about why he's sort of been out of the spotlight. And a lot of it is, um, you know, horrible stuff that happened to him in Hollywood and, and lots of, so I recommend researching that a little bit. Yeah. It, um, his, he had his own me too stuff happen to him. So I, I suggest that. Yeah. I, I love him. My mom had like the biggest crush on him, (laughs) but he's great. I mean, one of my favorite things with him is blast from the past. I just, I love that movie. So yeah. I mean, I, I agree with your mom because I, I don't, I, I'm attracted to this robot man, even though I only hear the voice and I'm like, oh, wait, this is, I feel odd, but it's a good odd. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. And this is Aaron. And what I'm into is the new Netflix docu-series about the Night Stalker. Um, it's just really fascinating. I'm almost done with it. It's just four episodes and it's all about um, the detectives that so- that solved the case and found him. And, and I didn't know that Richard Ramirez had done all the other stuff he had done. I mean, he was, he's evil, just pure evil. Um, and it's really incredible that these detectives were able to link all these cases because the thing that was different about the Night Stalker is most serial killers have an MO. You know, they have a particular type that they'll go after. They have a particular way that they do things. And he would go after old, young men, women, child, everything like that. So it was like he didn't have one particular thing. So it was amazing how they were able to kind of link him together from a shoe print is really how they it first started. But it's just a really, really fascinating documentary. So if you're a true crime buff, I highly recommend it. Okay, so let's get into K-dramas. And first up, I just want to know, Angela, what was the first one that you remember watching? Well, um, it's just, this might be a little bit embarrassed. I don't know if I'm saying embarrassed, though. I felt like I was one of those victims that started with Boys Over Flowers. I feel like that's like, um, well, most of everyone first, how they start Korean dramas. And by the way, Boys Over Flowers on Netflix right now, including the, um, I guess like the, I think the uh, Thai, Thailand's versions of their dramas. So, but yeah, so my first one was Boys Over Flowers. That's was super cute. Actually watched, I did watch it again after like six years, the last time I first watched it. And it was just so because I have watched so many Korean dramas this past, you know, six years that watching it back, it's like, wow. Just, I felt like there were just so much. It was so cute, though. I feel like there were just so much, you know, like, more that I was like, why did I? But it was just, that was my first one. So. And you you said, why did you, was there, is there something about that one, like the storyline or anything like that, that makes you kind of cringe now? It was so cute. It was like, it was so like cute and stuff. And, but it was just like more like, okay. It's obviously, you know, when you watch Korean drama, there's always this dumb, like they have this stupid 
cute moments, but it just makes it much more like romantic and just more cute. Just like watching it, I guess like it was just the um, like I guess it was just I feel like I have watching a lot much more better written stories as of now. And then also because one of the actors in uh, um, Boys Over Flower, I cannot remember his name. The one that was uh, the one that plays the uh, Susie, did you watch Boys Over Flowers? I I did, um, but I don't remember any. Like it's so hard for me to remember names. Okay, so like I know I am faces. Good. Like I feel like I know who you're talking about. Just you know, um, it, but the, uh, the name it, is escaping me. Um, I'm trying to figure out his name. He's the, he's the one that plays the violin. Uh, Kim Hyun Jong. See, he was my favorite one. He like he he like you. He's one of those like second character syndrome where you prefer the main character to go with the second character instead of the main character. He was like my all go to like guys that I wanted the character to go with, and because the actor himself had some, he's a total douchebag. Now after a few years that I actually found out that you know he had some like you know, sexual assault case and all these stuff makes me feel like, so for me to watch it again, maybe because like, I just like look at him as like, I can't believe that I have loved you so much for all this time. And then, you know, the betrayal of, you know, the like, it's those sort of things like when you find out about this actor later and like what he did, it's just like, it kind of like, it, it gives you like, them. yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know if it was just because of me just that, but overall the story was so this mm-hmm. it's just cute. So that's just my opinion. So yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, I mean, when we did our whole episode about Me Too and fandom, that's that's the thing is that there are a lot of actors that you find out later they're not very good people or they did horrible things. And so it can be hard to watch them in something, you know, Um, most recently for me, you know, I've even said on this podcast earlier, like one of the first few episodes, I said that I changed my mind about Shia LaBeouf. Well, now there are all of these reports out there of what a horribly abusive person he is. Um, And so it was kind of like, okay, I should have stuck to my original opinion and so it does, it taints things because I'm like, okay, well, I did love that movie, but now there's no way I can watch or how can I watch that or trying to watch him in anything after that. And there's a lot of people like that where it's it's kind of sad. It's like it's that whole trying to separate the art from the artist and sometimes it's harder to do. So, yeah. And Susie, what was the first K-drama that you watched? So my first K-drama was, I remember this vividly, it was senior year, and uh, one of my friends, uh, she's she's actually the one that got me into, uh, well, not just K-dramas, but uh, Korean culture, uh, because she was very much a K-pop stan, which is a, she really liked the band BTS, like before they blew up in America, and Uh, she introduced me to them and then I was like oh this is really interesting and then I started like looking into other stuff like the food and and the culture and the gay dramas and the the makeup and this and that and I was just 
I was just gobsmacked. I was like, this is, this is great. Like, oh my gosh, guys, the Korean, um, beauty treatment of like the, the five or 10 steps, it is a game changer that like, I had the best skin of my life. Like it was amazing. And then I ran out of money and I couldn't buy the product anymore. <laughs> but for that what brief moment it, it time, I, I, it was great. The, the Korean uh, beauty, the five-step Korean beauty routine. Yeah. But it's basically all these creams that you put on your face and just to make sure that you're both most moisturized and stuff. So it's, but the best skin of my life. But um, as I was getting into it, uh, I kept hearing a lot of chatter about this one K-drama called Guardian. And I was so curious about it. And then I, st- I, I just looked on to wherever I could watch it. And I think I watched it on K-Fever? Or Drama Fever? I think it was Drama Fever. Mm-hmm. And I started watching it. And oh, oh my god. Like, if listen guys. Listen. If you're gonna watch a K-drama... It has to be Guardian, the Lonely and Great God. Like that, mm-hmm. if that's going to be your first one, yes. Like, even if it's not your first one, it's, it's, oh my God, it's so good. This, Wait, you, you start, that was your first one? Yeah. Uh, who is, I know, right? Gong Yu, who is the lead, Um, he just oozes style and charisma. And he, he's, oh, he's so good looking. And oh my god. He's my daddy. Okay. Girl, you okay, cannot have dramas, it. He's my daddy. dramas are slow burns. <laughs> so when they kiss, it's like 20 episodes in. Uh, but when he kisses the female lead for the first time, or just when he kisses her in general, it's like it's the most passionate, like soul encompassing kiss that I've ever seen. Like he kisses with such a fire and a fury like he wants you and him to become one and at first I thought that was just contained to this K-drama but then I watched his other work and I was like oh it's consistent across the board mm-hmm. like yes sign me up sir mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's I really wish listeners and at some point we actually are thinking of getting a, a YouTube channel and doing special episodes on there but I wish listeners could see um Angela's reaction when Susie was describing that because it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I kept going back and forth and looking between Susie and then Angela because Angela was so excited that Susie mentioned this. And it was just so that's what I love is that's one of the reasons I started this podcast because I love watching people get excited about the art that they love. And that was just so awesome. So I just wanted to say that. On the soju, you guys. <laughs> it was awesome though. Okay, so next up, I just want to ask uh, maybe what a couple of your favorites are, Angela. What are a couple of your favorite ones? Well, you know, The Guardian, The Loney, and The Great God, which I, and honestly, I kind of knew because I actually enjoyed, um, The Guardian was written by Kim Yook-suk. She also, you know, wrote The Hairs, Secret Gardens, and Descent of the Sun, which I watched before the garden. Like, she is one of the, in my thing, her writing is just so magical. Like, it it makes you feel like 
you are like you are actually in like this like magical world that she put you in. Like her writing just makes the viewer like they just want so much more. And like there's so much emotions to it. Also, uh, Mr. She also write Mr. Sunshine too, which is also my, one of my favorites. That's also on Netflix right now. But that woman, the, like that, she is she is the legend. In my opinion, the legend of Korean drama, all Ryan's things. Just I started, you know, watching the hairs and then the Sam's son. And then like when she, you know, released the Guardians. I all the episode I have cried my eyes out also part of it was because you know um because you know going you was just like he's she's just too hot too so I, I pop that's probably the reason why I also cried <laughs> so, but just like you also got the bromance in there too like I enjoy like you know like just like the rivalries and like this this bromance going on and it's just this I just felt just so in love and and honestly, like I just oh god, I'm I'm even crying. It's just so amazing. Just you know what? I, I without that, you know, that writer, she's like, I don't think I swear to God, if she dies though or something happens to her, I'll be buried with her too. I'll be buried with her writing. Just great. Oh. So <laughs> I mean that was too dark. That was way too dark. Also <laughs> So, but um, second ones I really love was also Mr. Sunshine. Yes, I know Susie. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it's also it's. Oh my gosh! It's also the actor. So I don't remember his actor name though. He's also Daddy as well. <laughs> but he he. He also, um, I know a lot of, I need to find out what uh, his name is because a lot of people would recognize him from um, a G.I. Joe uh, movie. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lee, Lee, Lee Lung Hung. I believe that's how I pronounce him though. Super great smile though. Every time when he's just like, all the scenes that he's just smile. Oh God, I just melted. Also, are we allowed to do spoils? I'm not doing. I'm not yeah. doing the biggest spoils though. Just, just say yes. Just say spoiler alert. Okay. So, uh, when I was watching uh, it with Rebecca, she Rebecca is one of the you know other uh, uh, that you're talking on the show. But when I got Rebecca to watch into this though. There was so many times that Rebecca's just look at me. It's like, when are they going to kiss? And I was like, mm, uh, uh, I don't know. See, Mrs. Sunshine, uh, the, the only few Korean drama that I know has about 24 episodes. All the Korean dramas, they're, for some reason, all of their episodes go up to 16 episodes, and that's it. Mrs. Sunshine, bless the writer, with 24 episodes. <laughs> 24 episode and there was no kiss oh wow disappointment i was so mad and i think the reason was because uh the female actor and the male actor their age difference are like 
there it's like real it's like a big difference like mm-hmm. you know like i think he's like about 20 years older than her so i don't know uh, because of like in that korea's you know, south korea culture like maybe it's just the age difference and they want to be more respectful i haven't really like find out why they haven't i was mm. surprised that there was no kiss so i just figured maybe it was just the age difference um i don't yeah. know if you know anything be. about this maybe and i know you wanted to add something anyway susie so yeah i was gonna say that um he <laughs> the leading man in mr sunshine he's but okay so before he, i ever saw mr sunshine of uh, the j joe movies came out he was the sole reason why i watched those movies because I was like, ooh, this, oh, this man is making me feel things. Like, everyone was about Channing Tatum. I was like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> True intellectuals. No words that. <laughs> like, ooh. There's a scene, I think, in the second one where he has to get, like, patched up or something, and he's all shirtless. And I was just like, oh, oh, oh my God, okay, 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 it's happening. It's happening. Okay, this is, oh, my God. <laughs> staring at his abs like a doctor's <laughs> at a stake. <laughs> no, but I don't I don't know why there was no kiss. Um but like there are ways to get like if you don't want the actors to kiss, you could also just have like a very a very nice hug. Oh, I would love to be hugged by that man. <laughs> yeah. Just a hug and I would die. Well it's interesting with the age difference thing because you know in a lot of movies you'll have like you have people like Harrison Ford who will be in his 60s and dating someone in their 30s and so it's interesting if that is the reason just because um, we seem to in a lot of American movies and a lot of movies in general it seems to be that if there's an age difference between men and women it's okay I mean if the man is older and the woman's younger but if it's vice versa it doesn't always seem to be the same way so I just think that's interesting that if that was the reason so I don't know I'll have to research that or someone out there can let us know yeah let us know and the thing is though (laughs) even though there was no kisses though like the bond between these two characters like you know like Susie said the hug the the actions that they do for each other the you know just it's just like what they do for each other sacrifice god i'm so wet (laughs) 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 i'm sorry but that man though and there wasn't just one man there's three mans that were into that girl three of them three hotties (laughs) yes rebecca was into the summarize i was like i totally was seeing that (laughs) It's just, you got, you, you got the guy, you know, the Marine, U.S. Marine, and then you got the summarized, and then you got the writer, the journalist. Oh, God, he's just so, wow. Yeah, that, 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 that show. <laughs> the, 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 the... Yep, I, I, I was kind of, I was kind of happy that I got Rebecca, her first Korean drama was Mrs. Sunshine. <laughs> because I did not want to curse her with boys over flowers. I... I, I learned. I swear there was like, I need to like show the whole world this. <laughs> um, Susie, what are your two of your favorites? Oh my God. Okay, so I'm going to mention the ones that I watched like right after the ones that followed of Guardian, and they're still some of my top favorites. 
So one of them is a strong girl, Bong Su. And it's about this girl who all the women in her family are born with supernatural strength. They were blessed by the gods. And, but if they do something bad, then they lose their, their like super strength. Or if they use it for something bad, they, lo- they lose the super strength. And it's just like, oh, it's, it's, it's a romantic comedy. And it's more about like all these mishaps that happen to her. Uh, this really rich man, <laughs> this like mogul, like a Tony Stark type of dude, he, he saw the back of her hoodie one day. Like, it's like, this is how it starts. And then he's like, I got to find this woman. And then he finds her and he's like, you're so strong. And he just, he simps for her so hard. Like, he has the biggest crush on this woman. He is constantly telling her, I love you, date me. But not in like a creepy way. It's just like, oh my God, you are so strong. You could snap me in two. Please date me. <laughs> She's just like, no, you're my boss. I'd be a professional. And along the way, she grows to start liking him. But it's just, it's so, it's so cute. And he's such a simp. And it's just, it's really adorable. I do recommend it as a watch. I think the last time I watched it, it was on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on there. No, Um, it's not. Oh, man. And then the one after that is called My Little Baby. And it follows the, it's also a a comedy, as you'll see a theme. It's also (laughs) like a slice of life comedy thing where this, this like, this cop who works in homicide, he's like, he's, he's grizzled and he's just like, he's rough and whatnot. But his sister dies and leaves him his six month old niece. And so the whole, (laughs) again, the whole series is just like a bunch of misadventures of this single dad trying to raise a child and going through all like the different uh, milestones and stuff. And it's just, oh, it's so funny. And there's a scene, or it's a little bit of a spoiler, but at a certain point, he can't figure out how to get her to eat because she keeps crying. And so he just duct tapes the baby bottle to his chest. And, and just so she'll eat. and so he's like essentially breastfeeding this baby and it's a running joke that he keeps like opening the door to like friends and neighbors and there's just like a baby bottle <laughs> attached to him and he doesn't really notice until he's like oh oh I'm so sorry but I was, you know this is the only way to get her to eat he's <laughs> just like yeah that's that's fine sure you're trying your best but it, all the moms in the building that he lives in want to flirt with him, and he's just like, oh my god, guys, I can't. I can barely take care of a baby. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Yeah, I'm going to have to check some of these out, the ones that are available, since it sounds like some of them aren't, but the ones that are available. Um, okay, what I want to talk about, I know just like in telenovelas, um, there are different genres um, in K-dramas, and I just want to know what your favorite genre is, Angela. Favorite genre is just, I love everything that's, like, supernatural. Obviously, you know, of course, you know, I melt you all guys to Supernatural show, so woo! Okay. But <laughs> I like, you know, The Guardians is like, you know, it's like, it's like super, ma- like, it's a magical where you you have a god who 
you know, he is trying to find his like goblin's bride. It's the only way for him to because he's so he's immoral right now. So it's the only way for him to like, you know, be free was to find his goblin brides and all these stuff. So, you know, he lived for so much centuries and all these stuff, you know, and just, um, you know, and then also, I don't know if you watch, Susie, you watch Scarlet Heart. So Scarlet Heart, so Scarlet Heart is also a match where you got a girl who hates her life and all everything, and then she dies in that 10 minutes of that drama. <laughs> um and then but then she was but then she was put it was like kind of an outlander feel like she dies and then she was in like a different era and then it was more historians where there was a king um of course the king has 13 son and you know what that means <laughs> yes super hot 13 sons that just I swear to God, like this, I felt like if I keep watching Creature, I'm gonna get a heart attack. <laughs> so, but it's just like, but the the great thing is like the historians. Like I just love, I I for some reason I I love watching like the historians like Eric. They just are just so great. Um, and I don't know if this like part of it too, but you know Netflix had been doing pretty good at like bringing up more other like draw draws. Like it wouldn't more like. Sweet Home, it's not, I wouldn't call it drama. It was more of like Korean action thrillers. Um, and then there's the, there's the Netflix, other Korean quote unquote drama called The Kingdom. Tons. There's like, there's going to be four se- a fourth season next year, I believe too, but just zombies and thrillers. And, and But it was done in the historian where the kings was, you know, there's kings and queens and stuff. So, um, but I don't think there are just so many, though, just as long as I just like it, you know, more of a supernatural. That's like more mm-hmm. of my kind of size. So, yeah. And Susie, what's your favorite? So as stated previously, I do really like the comedies or the romantic comedies because it's just it's fun to see what kind of like hijinks they put the, <laughs> they put the actors into. And I also I also really like the the supernatural slash horror ones. Oh, those are a lot of fun as well. Like Angela said, like The Kingdom and Sweet Home, which are pretty good. I think they're still K dramas. I mean, they deal mm-hmm. with drama in some way. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> you know, Korean drama of the zombie kingdom. The other ones is a drama of supernatural monsters. So you know, you got that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is drama. Anything like that, you're gonna find some dramatic moments. <laughs> I noticed, and I know you guys had like, you know, the you Aaron's and Susie had like the telenova. Like they have like their own dramatic and seduces ways. I feel like Korean dramas, dramas like it's just difference like it's more and disagree with me if if I'm wrong but they're I feel like they're more wholesome like like there's so many cute stupid moments and it's just like I mean granted there's a lot of stupid moments in Telenova Hell too it's just also adorable but this one was just like you know like I felt like I felt like I don't like for men's Koreans man so I feel like they show more of like in some way like they're 
they're not afraid to like show their emotions. Um, they cry and, you know, there was just so many times like, you know, for Mrs. Sunshine, um, the, he, there was something he just like, you know, when God, you, you see, he's like the most sexiest man, but when he's cries, his, he put his whole emotion to it. And it's just like, Oh God, just, I felt like it's just like, a, like it's, I felt like, you know, just having, you know, Korean man's like, you know, showing their motion size, just like kind of really nice, you know, like they're not afraid to like, you know, like do this for the girl that they love and all these stuff. So I, that's just my opinions. I don't know why I'm talking about this. So. No, but no, I kind of got off part. So <laughs> sorry about no, that. No, 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 don't apologize yet. And Susie, you were going to add something on there. No, yeah, I was going to say that I completely agree with you um, because so oftentimes in Western media or kind of American media, we we all know about like emotionally constipated men. I mean, we're all fans of a show where the two main leads are emotionally constipated men and it's like, oh, like, you can't be seen having emotions or feelings because that makes you less of a man but what I really enjoy about Korean dramas is that it's kind of like the opposite there like them showing emotion and them crying and expressing themselves just adds to their to their strength and to their I'm, I'm admitted the level of attractiveness like they're mm-hmm. not afraid to cry I I vibe with that I, that makes me really happy to see like there's a lot more emotion than just I'm full of testosterone yeah, especially mm-hmm. when you tell the example of, like, the guy with the baby bottle of what he does for it. And, like, you know, the neighbor solves it, but he's like, oh, shit. But, like, at the same time, it's like, the, I feel like I haven't seen the, the show, but from what you're telling me, and based because of all the Korean drama that I watch, he's probably having that also moments of, like, yes, you know, I'm embarrassed, but at the same time, like, I got, I still got to do this kind of thing. Like, I want to do this. Like, I, you know, like, this is what, you know, mm-hmm. like, just... I don't know if what you agree with me kind no, of yeah so. it's true like he's never like it's it's a joke that they do in the show but they never make him seem less of a man for doing that yes so it's never like making fun of his manhood it's never being like oh well no. you can't be a man if you are showing this um tenderness and what might be construed by some as being motherly um that doesn't make you less of a man. It makes you more of a man or it makes or as part of being a man for you. It's part of your identity. Being able to comfort this child with doing something that other people might think is, I don't know, other cultures or other people might say is not manly or other, you know, ignorant people might think isn't, doesn't make you a man or something like that. Is that yeah, kind of what? Now. Yeah, yeah, especially and- now. Like, even in that show, he brings the baby to the other guys in his, like, squadron police station area, and the guys all just lose it over this baby, and they're all just being, like, the, More the fun uncles, and, yeah, they're, like, supporting him and stuff. He has a, a nephew come live with him or something that also helps him with the baby, and it's just, it's, it it's, it's... I haven't seen a K-drama where it's an attack on the man's masculinity for him to be doing what can be considered effeminate or mm-hmm. things or things that are outside the realm of mascul- of perceived masculinity. That's that's really that's really awesome, honestly. I mean, I think more things should do that. I think it is changing in some areas, but I still think 
there's ways to go. So, yeah. And um, Susie, you already mentioned a little bit of the fact that, um, you know, because of K-dramas, you got into a certain beauty regime. But I know it also trend, it also has inspired a lot of fashion trends and makeup trends. Um, Susie, have there been fashion trends that you have seen that have been inspired by K-dramas and makeup trends as well? There's also something that they do in K-dramas as well that also the men participated is that they'll put on sheet masks. So the guys and the girls would do it. And it's like a fun thing that they'll do to like either bond or, or spend time together or just something to pass the time. And that is something that people do in Korean culture. Um, also, there's the really big... So makeup also plays a really big part because if, a, let's say a certain actress in a K-drama is wearing a certain shade of lip tint, because that's most what is most commonly used, if she's wearing a certain shade of a certain brand, then fans of that show will then go out and seek out that brand and that shade. doesn't matter if it's not their like, personal shade, but they buy it because they like it. In the Guardian K-drama, um, the goblin male lead, as we have said, at a and in one of the episodes, he gifts the female lead like with a purse and with some perfume. I feel like Angela knows where this is going. I went out to buy the perfume. <laughs> I had watched that episode. I mean. And listen, I'm usually really sensitive about perfume, so I I thought to myself, oh gosh, this better not, this better not be terrible. And it's not, it's actually, it's actually really nice, but I also got it with the thought that like, maybe if I possess this, a certain goblin might waltz into my life, or I might find some, some sweet romance. It is White Musk Eau de Toilette from The Body Shop, so there so, you know, kids everyone wants to grab it. So in K-beauty, what often you'll see in the K-dramas and within Korean culture is that their, their, their main focus is on minimal, like, light makeup so that it looks as bare-faced and as light as possible, which is also a bonus because in wearing lighter makeup, that's also a lot better for the skin rather than caking it on in the way the West does. So they'll have, like, often, like, little palettes one of the more popular things to use is these cushion foundations so I really like this because it has like a little a little powder puff and then you open it up and the foundation is like right in there mm-hmm. but it's it's stuff like that where like you'll see these looks on these actresses and such or even just like the they don't even have to use it they can just show the product and that'll trigger something in your crow brain that says shiny me want that that's what it did to me it got me they got me <laughs> they got me but and also with the style it's always more you can say that clothing for female leads in the dramas is more modest like it's very well put together it's very fashionable and it's always more of like a minimalist kind of palette and there's also the fact that something that i think is also really refreshing about k dramas is that often also in Western media, uh, it's there's more of a male gaze on females in movies and shows. But in that's kind of opposite with K-dramas. It's more of like a female gaze. So 
you'll you'll see you'll run into more men with their shirts off and men just taking a a shower you can only see waist up because we got to be modest here this is daytime television but it's it's stuff like that but the female's often more like she is seen as a desirable being but she's never overtly sexualized or treated as as more of an object so their characters oftentimes more fleshed out and better constructed i feel well jokes on them i'm pansexual so <laughs> me getting glazed on top of them. you're just like it's all free game free games <laughs> so angela do you have anything to add on that with the influence with on fashion and... it's just like just watching the korean drama and like their fashions just it just looks like you just it makes me feel like every time when I watch Korean drama, I'll always have kimchi with me or like bowl of rice. It's just when I watch it, I it just makes me feel so, like the way how they dress, so comfortable. Looks so comfortable. All I want to do is eat food, take out, do deliveries, just watch, binge watch it, be fat and happy. That's why I just look at Korean drama. It's like it's like, it's like happiness. That's what it is. <laughs> but like, and then the beauty products, of course, you know, they are good about like, you know, there's no Korean dramas, you know, well, besides Kingdom, Sweet Home, that doesn't, you know, show, like, beauty products, unless you, maybe Kingdoms, I mean, if you want to be a zombie, you can't do that, but anyways, but the other thing, this is totally off topic about the trend fashions and makeup, the thing that I noticed about Korean dramas is, like, they always advertise Safeway. Like, the yeah, Safeway grocery stores? You, see, you you can you can talk about it because I feel like you want to say something about it. Yes, Safeway the the, yeah, the no, sandwich no. Safeway. Go ahead, Judy. Yeah. Also, in K dramas, they'll always you'll always see some sort of branding for water. It's always either water, water mm-hmm. or mineral water, and fried chicken. They love fried chicken, and almost any drama that you can like pick and point a, put a finger on, mm-hmm. there's bound to be a scene where the characters will get chicken at a, some fried chicken place. And then that oh, place, yeah. if it's somewhere local, then that place will become popular as well. Mm-hmm. So it also contributes to, like, the food economy of this of yes. the situation. Yeah, I just I just enjoy it, just watching food and just, like, this random place. And just, just I felt like the Safeway was just really funny because, after, like, after the show, they just put the Safeway advertising in the end of the the drama series, like, like, oh my god, she's dead. Oh, and then Safeway. <laughs> you have to get those, you have to get that advertising money in there, you know. So you have to get that placement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <shut up>. <laughs> <laughs> so, um what I want I want to move on to now is um showcasing some ongoing societal issues whether it be in Korea or just some societal issues that K-dramas might focus on. Um, Angela, do you have any thoughts on that or any examples? Uh, I will let Susie go on first on that. So something else, something that you'll see within um, like the K-dramas, especially the historical ones, is that they'll often talk about like issues that they've had with countries in the past. So with Mr. Sunshine, one of the main focuses is how the characters in the show are dealing with the issues that South Korea 
is having with the North and with China and with Japan and how they deal with that whole like and um, degree of tension because as much as Japan and China would like to push it under the rug, they have a really, really long history and a really sad history with that is not entirely positive with the Korean um, with the Korean people because they've been known to to go and oppress and to go and like the Korean comfort women like that's actually a like a really big issue that isn't really talked about and that's more pushed to the side and that is Korean comfort women I'm gonna trigger warning um, for the next like 30 seconds or a minute that I talk about this if you want to skip ahead that's completely fine I, I just want to like talk about this really quick um, oftentimes Korean comfort women were women that were taken from their villages and their homes and their families by Japanese soldiers and they were housed as prostitutes and repeatedly sexually assaulted against their will and oftentimes with some K-dramas what will happen is that you'll see and they'll address this and they'll make it known that yes this is something that happened and yes we would like Japan to give like a formal like we're sorry that we did this like a formal apology that isn't actually just like yeah we're sorry just move on we have and it's it's addresses stuff like that and also something that Korean dramas also do that it's not so much of an addressing of a societal issue as it is just like it also normalizes the thing of being paler is better like as as much as there are many good things that I can say about K dramas that is an issue that we have to talk about because almost all the time what you'll see is that the the all the leads will always be paler the female and the male and then that degree of paleness is always like remarked about or coveted in some way and there's also the fact that South Korea has a really big issue with showcasing plus size women or women that are above a certain size it's not even plus size it could be like women who are medium or large it's more like the smaller and the paler you are the better because that's what's seen as desirable and yeah I mean as well-rounded as the female characters are, that's something that you'll see time and time again with all the female leads. And oftentimes, what'll happen is that within the, like, that celebrity culture is that when these celebrities, like, do something or they gain weight or, or, or anything that's viewed as disagreeable, the public can turn on them so fast. And it gets mm-hmm. really vicious mm-hmm. and really bad. And... There's, um, I know that there's an issue that actresses have had in the past where they have been victims of casting couches and of being also sexually assaulted. And when they try to bring attention to it, oftentimes the very young culture will demonize them. And... Mm -hmm. It, it's also, and then there's also the fact that they don't really put a lot of like voice to mental health 
and then oftentimes these actors that go through these type of things or these trainees that go through these type of things when that is something that happens to them they don't really have any resources in place to help them because those subjects are seen as very taboo angela did you want to add anything yeah i was gonna also add and i wonder if I don't know, Erin, I know we want to talk about the misconceptions. I feel like these two are, are so kind of close. They are pretty intertwined. Yeah. So you can feel free to kind of move into yeah. sort of what, what the misconceptions are that American audiences have as it's well. Just, American audiences that are introduced of and the romanticizing of a certain ideal and stuff. It's just, I, don't, I, I really, you know, I agree with Susie on this as well. Like they... Yeah, I must have loved Korean dramas too. They are not kind to, you know, thick women like us, you know, or their people and stuff. Like, as a matter of fact, though, I did some study, and I don't know if it's still true, though. If you, this is what I learned this from three years ago, but almost about 90% of Korean women and men over who live in there, like, have at least like plastic surgeries. To, you know to fix their you no know, their beauty is everything to them like you know like it's just you know it's the way that you know like they can't succeed in life unless they change themselves and the, like the first thing is like it's like their face versus all these stuff so you know it's just and like she said like if you gain a little weight and you just love you are just gonna be yeah you're just gonna be to me it's like it's like back on the street kind of thing it's like they just are not kind and just you know and you know and the fact that you know you have to be this white and this pretty in order to have this man of your dream I felt like in Korean dramas like I like I that's the thing I just love watching Korean drama because I felt like and also this part of me is like I know like they would never like I know like this part of me is like there's never ways that you know I would never have a man like that if I look like this you know, I, 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 I am, a, I'm basically like 220 pounds, pretty big and thick for an Asian in my cultures. Um, you know, so it's just like, um, you know, it's just kind of, it's, it's really just hard. And I, I, I really, and, but the thing is though, I would like to say that I did enjoy watching this new, uh, Netflix Korean drama show called It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Um, it's, Basically, they actually mentioned, I have never watched a Korean drama that mentioned a lot about, um, you know, mental health, you know, like, and like what, you know, this person, the, the girl was, you know, she, she, she's like a total bitch face. She's, she's, she's heartless. She's everything. But really, though, she just had like a really hard life. She lost both her parents, you know, and then she's going through like a PTSDs, you know, that nobody knows about and the depression that goes with it. And then, you know, and then the two main character works into a mental hospital and then, you know, they're going through, you know, each of the patients and it's just like kind of nice. For, like, it was like, I know it wasn't really like, it's like, you know, it's not good enough, but it's like, it's like the fact that they kind of like, you know, talk about, you know, mental health was like kind of like, you know, a relief for me. And also it was a new show from Netflix. So I wonder, you know, it's becoming more changed. It's like, I wonder if it's changing. I hope, you know, Korean dramas start, you know, changing more, like, you know, start adding like plus size. And, you know, it's not the first time when they do add plus size character, but they put them as 
like someone who's funny and like comedies and like or they don't have lovers at all or you know they're just like like a sec or like a like a the main character best friend but like you know nothing happens to them so like like i want i want at least like you know in the main characters if, if anyone in the listener like can you know recommend me a show that there is one where the main character like that stick and can find a love like a prince of her life tell me because i really want to know Yes, that's pretty much and I know I should probably talk more about the men's, but I don't know, Susie, if you wanted to start with the misconceptions of, you know, the men's and stuff you've liked, because I feel like I talked way too much. Already, no, you so. didn't. That was really oh. interesting. That was really okay. interesting because I think that that's I think what I'm what we find is I mean, we were talking about this in telenovelas too. It's like it's a problem that's worldwide. It's a problem in media in general where it's like, there's a certain ideal and no matter what you still run into that problem. And it's, it's sad, but it's the truth that it, you know, it's a problem you're into. So Susie, did you want to add something about the The men? Yeah. No, so that's, yeah. Oftentimes with the men, there will be like a certain romanticization. Romant- oh God. Romantic Rom- romanticization, or it's kind of how you say it, but romanticizing them, romantic. <laughs> yeah, they'll ro- we'll romanticize what Kate Jones do is that they'll romanticize a certain type of man, and also the issue with that is that like yes, there may be men that exist like that out there, but then again, there's also the issue of like trying to find like if you go and you try to find that type you will find yourself greatly disappointed. And also the really big thing is, is that oftentimes the audience for K-dramas are, are young people. They're like preteens or teens. And now that Korean culture has become more widespread, they, thanks in part to artists like BTS and Psy and various yeah. K-dramas and other things, other than you also have like teenagers on this side of on on kind of like the American side of things that are also watching this and they're also like romanticizing this this type in their teenage brains and I feel like an over romanticization of it and an over reliance on those kind of tropes can kind of like set them on to be like can set them up to to have like unrealistic expectations in their romantic um, relationships where they'll feel like, oh yeah, things will just work out because that's how it always works out in like shows and movies. And then in a way that kind of like this along with other things kind of doesn't lead them to developing like critical thinking and communication skills. I think that they need to have if they want to have successful relationships because then they'll just be living with this, like in the back of their heads, they'll have this ideal of what a relationship should be like. And if it doesn't meet that, then they can find themselves disappointed, maybe not only in their partner, but in themselves. Mm-hmm. I would like to also point out too, that I would feel so sorry for, you know, the Korean guys too, you know, like you would have like, you know, foreigner would go in there and then they would just like, I thought, you know, you're like, you know, one of those, you know, I want, you know, like when they're going, when they're going on dating or Tinder, you know, the, the green guy, like, I feel like they have more pressure to like be the 
you know the actors that you know all the Korean dramas, but they can't, you know. So it's just, it's just like not just for Korean guys, just like Asians, men's, or just in general. It's like it's like going back to the whole stereotypes, like where, you know, here in America, you know, a lot of like, um, people would say like, you know, I am not into Asian guys. Um, you know, I'm into white guys, and even and and I will be honest too though I was also that person that you know I also say like I'm not into Asian guys growing up just because one I was dealing with like well you know growing up in America you know it's like I you know have ideal like you know white is the superior and you know I didn't want to date Asian guy because like I wanted to be superior I didn't want to you know date someone my own race and like all these stuff and it's just like and which you know we'll talk more of why you know in the NYK drama means so much to me it's the whole reputation but um it's just I just felt like this whole stereotype you know like you in the beginning you have like people who's like I don't want to date Asian guy and now after you watch Korean drama they seek for that Asian guy and even and when they do find it it's still disappointment and it's just like it's just so not fair and I'm so sorry that I'm like so angry about this because I'm also angry at myself that I was going you know I was just it was just I don't know I'm just kind of angry of just like how we are just like you know not just Asian men, but like Asian in general, were just pushed aside like tries like for you know their entertainment. Like I remembered, you know, trying to go on a dating size, and all the guys would you know would they would you know would tell me it's like hey you know I watched you know a lot of like movies and I thought you know you're supposed to have this certain look or be this you know or be this thick or all these stuff and um, or you're supposed to be oh my favorite one you're supposed to be submissive. You know, it's like, it's just, you know, I just, it's like the whole misconceptions of just like everything, just like it, I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of venting. No, it's just no, like it's great. I think it's a great conversation because it's a lot of, it's fetish, it's fetishizing it. It's yeah. becoming a fetish. It's instead of seeing someone as a human being, it's seeing it as a fetish after somebody has watched some K-dramas or after every, you know, they're like, okay, well, I like Asian men now, but I only like Asian men if they look like this and if they act like this and if they do this, because that's what I've seen and vice versa. Um, I like Asian women, but only if they fit this stereotype that I have in my head and it's a form of racism. Mm -hmm, Um, You know, that's what it is. It's a form of racism. And I think people don't, people for some reason don't realize that they're like, well, how can I be racist? If I, I'm like, well, you're fetishizing somebody and that's not okay. And you're fetishizing a race and that's really not okay. So I think that's, that's a form, that's a total form of racism. So I love that you were talking about that, Angela. I think that's great. I thank you for bringing that up. I think that's a really, really good conversation to have. So thank you. Don't apologize for that at all. Thank you. No, it's very much the exotic erotic theory where, like, mm-hmm. the farther removed it is from you, like, the more desirable it is. Yeah. So it's also kind of, like, with kind of a similar thing with being Latina is that sometimes you'll be sought out just because you're kind of, like, 
with within media were depicted as sexy and looser. And so it's it just becomes a thing where it's like, well, you're gonna be you're gonna be real easy, aren't you? And it's like, no, I'm a human being with thoughts and emotions, and I'm not just this caricature of something that you've built up in your mind. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a real problem. And that's why real representation also matters because you know, you can't just do a stereotype, you know. I mean, and it's it's that way um with I, th- I think that's it's that way with almost every race where you will see a stereotype of this is the way that black women are. This is the way that black men are. And this is, you know, and it's and it's really harmful, um, especially since sometimes those can be such ne- negative stereotypes or they can lead to people viewing, expecting you to be that way. Like what you were saying, Angela, how they were like, well, you, I expect you to be submissive. This is this is how I view women this is how i view asian women they're supposed to be submissive aren't you supposed to be submissive this is what i keep seeing or like you were saying Susie, aren't you supposed to be loose aren't you supposed to be you know that kind of thing so it's a very harmful thing that can lead to other harmful things so it's, it's a form of racism that's really what it is i mean you know so yeah no so i'm glad thank you both for talking about that and thank you very much angela for bringing that up Okay, I know you both have already mentioned some, but what are some of your favorite actors and actresses that work within K-dramas? Angela? Well, (laughs) I know we just talk about the whole, you know, the misconceptions, like the whole, like, (laughs) I'm so angry because, like, I would never, but then, you know, like, it's okay for me to kind of, like, you know, like, have my little glaze and stuff like that. So, because, you know, I'm human. I'm human. I'm allowed to have that feeling, too. So, um, but, um, my, you know, of course, my two favorite actors is, of course, you know, from the Guardians, uh, Gungyu. Like, he's, I'm sorry, Susie, but he's my husband. Fight me. I Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, you guys. As you can see, Susie was holding yeah, an eye. Yeah, just just remember your safe word, and we'll be Gucci. What what is our safe word? Um, it is <clears throat> meatloaf. Ah, yes. Great, we got this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Context right. will be given later, but not now. This is just for y'all to to wonder about. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we're just That's having fine. a good time. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. So, some of your other favorite actors and actresses, Angela. Um, so my other favorite uh, actress is O is um hold up for for my favorite actress though. Uh, I'm trying to bring her up because she plays in Scarlet Heart, which is uh well her name is uh, Ayu. And she's just so sweet and just like really cute everything about her especially like she's just like the way like especially when watching scarlet heart like she's does the thing i love about some korean dramas too like the female actors are just so strong and they're like they don't give shit about anything and just for Ayu to play in scarlet heart with 13 other son god that's a lot of boys that she has to deal with <laughs> but just like all handling but the thing is so it's just amazing so but yes, so 
I have, I already announced my favorite two, act, one actor and actress. So I would probably stop talking before I. <laughs> You're great. Great. Awesome. And Susie. Much like Angela, two of my like most favorite actors are Gong Yu and Lee Bong Wook. Lee Dong Wook? Lee Dong Wook. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry for getting their names wrong because I know, I know someone out there is going to be screaming at me. <laughs> So I apologize in advance. Um, there's also Park Bo Young, who is the actress who stars in Stronger Bong Su. Mm-hmm. And I would be remiss if I did not mention Ma Bay. They do now. And Sense8 fans will know her as Sun Bak. The real, <laughs> the, the, what is it? Uh, what does Kefius call her? Bandam. The yes. Van Damme lady. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god. It's, it's great. I love her so much. I get so happy whenever I see her in anything. So when I saw her in, in the kingdom, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> my bae is here! How are you doing, Duna? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, I want to wrap up with just asking what K-dramas mean to you and, and why they're important to you, Angela. Well, um, you know what, as you know, I, I, I'm honestly, I'm really happy that it's getting more trending, you know, like, you know, Netflix is, you know, starting to have more Korean dramas, Chinese dramas, like more international, like, you know, Japanese dramas as well. Um, And uh, it's just as much as, you know, I really don't like the whole misconceptions, like they're all these dope, but I'm kind of in some way glad that we're having at least like, you know, just some sort of like representations like Asian show in general that's like you know it's like it's a first step it's like it's like the same thing with like I think it was last year when Parasite won and I I'm so sorry if you were there with me I cried I cried so hard like and all my my friends you know were, were like looking at me so crazy and they're like why are you crying it's like you don't, un- and not, you know, these people are non-white, you know, the, the and, you know, me being Asian, it's like, this means everything to me. Like, you know, like, of course, you know, I didn't, you know, of course I didn't win that show or whatever, but like, just the reputations, just everything, like, it's just, we need more of that. Like, I, like, I am so tired of just having like Asian character be the side character or someone Asian who is, is a villain and Asian who's all this. And I just, I want more reputations. I want, and you know, and a lot of people had, you know, issue with crazy wish Asian too. It's like, you know, even Asian itself, they're like, I wish, you know, like they show more of like, you know, like not all Asians are rich and stuff, but to me, I totally agree. I just, I was also still happy because I still want some more. Like, I feel like if it's open one door, it means that we can open more doors. And like, I know, like, you know, and like, it's just like, it just means like there's more opportunities out there and like, you know, more people will get used to like, you know, like more just, I just, I just thought that it was just great and everything. And um, just great drama is just more reputations and like more cultures. Cause there's a lot of like, you know, a lot of people think that people know about their food, their styles, and and also like I I forgot to mention about this whole Korean drama. Like, there's a lot of show when the way how the characters are with their parents, because I felt like 
growing up, a lot of people do not understand like how I am because when people, I don't know, you guys probably disagree with me, but there were some people who doesn't know me who, when the way how I act, I it seems like I'm very like, my wall is up and, or I'm just strong or I'm just like, you know, or whatever it is. And I was like, no, it isn't. Like, it's just the way how my parents raised me, like, you know, to be the tiger, you know, and through all these stuff. And, and, you know, and when I tell people how my parents raised me, you know, they're like, well, isn't that harsh? Isn't that mean? And I was like, I don't know why you guys think that way. Like, I, 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 I see that as the love that, you know, that they gave me. And they're like, that's just, it's tough love. And I, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't, you know, but it's, it's still love. And so for Korean drama to show like their, you know, the relationship between their kids and their parents, you know, and like the, t- like the hard times. And, you know, I just love it. You know, I, I want people to know more about the culture itself and see, you know, like, oh my God. And, you know, I, you know, like, and they think, think to themselves like, wow, you know, my Vietnamese friends or my Korean friends that, you know, I like make fun of her for how her parents treat her. Now I kind of understand, you know, so it's, you know, this whole thing is like, it means a lot to me. And so I'm just kind of glad it's getting the trends and, you know, that it deserves. And so even though it's not completely perfect, but, you know, that's, there's, a, there's always a lot of work to do. So sorry, Dr. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, do not apologize. Seriously. I think it's a great conversation. And yeah, you definitely, I mean, representation matters. It just matters. And we can't gloss over that because it matters to be able to see yourself on screen, to be able to be recognized, to be able to not be just the sidekick, to be a full recognized human being, to be a full realized character and to have parasite win. That's, 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 that was incredible. And that meant something and that's important. And um, that was one of the only good things that happened in 2020. (laughs) Was that? So, you know, when that happened, we're like, oh, this year's going to be amazing. And then, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's important. It's important. It's very important. Susie, did you have anything you wanted to add on? Yeah, no, I completely agree with Angela that the, like, yeah, there are stuff that's going to come out that we're going to have some issues with, but I think that the overall focus should definitely be that that this win will that this win and this commercial success will means that more doors will be open for more diverse creators people who are who are korean people who are vietnamese people who are black people who are mexican people who are gay people who are uh, transgender people who don't like conform with like what society would consider the norm commercial uh-huh. success of things like that can lead to more doors opening and more opportunities being given to these creators and these stories which then leads to us seeing ourselves in those stories and us having more things to identify with rather than this one character and yeah I just I really like Korean dramas because for me especially the comedy ones are more of like a it's more of like a comfort show and a sense of like escapism so if I need something to like, if I'm having a really, like a really bad day and I just want to watch something that's going to lift my spirits and make me feel a little bit better, like I can turn to one of those and find a source of comfort with that. Just like, and be happy. 
<laughs> get some serotonin, some dopamine. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Like every time I watch Korean dramas, like it just makes me just want to be comfortable and eat and be fat and happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's you awesome. just want to turn into a cat. <laughs> actually, there is actually a Korean drama. I cannot remember what's it called, but it's involved a girl and who found a white cat that turns out the white cat was actually turns into a hot guy and oh, is super adorable. I would write this down. <laughs> that was made for you, Angela. <laughs> not frantic, though. I'm not saying that Morpheus. My white cat here. <laughs> you're just you're just eyeballing your cat in the corner of the room, like, so are you gonna transform or what? <laughs> you're just like, even then, we could just chill if you wanted to. That reminds me of that one anime. What was it? Fruit baskets. <laughs> it's it's this anime about this girl that. Um, goes to live in this house with all these like siblings and they're all like hot men but they all turn into different <laughs> animals <laughs> so one of them turns into a rooster another one a cat another one a dog it's just oh god funny <laughs> well i want to thank you both i think this has been a really good conversation so thank you so much um i think we need to have more conversations like this um that's what i hope to have is, you know, talk about uh, stuff we love and why certain things bring us joy, but also looking at stuff from a critical eye, but then also looking at other things from a critical eye and saying, we need more representation. We need more of this, this. Um, so thank you both so much. So we're going to go ahead and close out and go around. And if you want to be found, let me know where you can be found. Angela. Hi. So um, you want to see more of my crazy life? Uh, you don't want to, though. But if you do, <laughs> follow me on uh, Instagram, teo.khong. So that's where you will find me. And I make delicious cakes, so order from me. <laughs> and gorgeous cakes, too. Gorgeous cake, too. They <laughs> <laughs> just blow me away sometimes. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then Susie. I don't know, yeah, I, I second that. Her baked goods are some of the best <laughs> out there. So, like, definitely give a shot and support small businesses, you know? Susie, you the good, some good uh, chocolate truffle, too. I, I ate the whole thing the other day. So The what? I ate your chocolate truffle the other day. You you, you make some oh. great treats. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah no, that's just, a, just a, a friend's thing I do for friends, not... That's I'm everything. Con- I'm not going to sell confectionery goods. Um, so if anyone would like to find me, I am on Instagram at Q underscore underscore SC. So, you know, if you just want to look at random stuff that I'm working on, <laughs> like <laughs> cosplays or crafts, you could take a peek there or not. You know, it's up to you. It's up to you. Your dog's Instagram is not going to get a shout out on this oh, episode. Yeah, huh? sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay, so my dog has also his own Instagram, and he's just a little, little ball of floof and cuteness, and I just want to smush his little face. But his Instagram is at Benny underscore Pelucita, so that's at B E N N I E underscore P E L U S I T A. 
I guess, I guess I should probably give my uh my pets Instagram too. So yeah, go for it, want, Angela. If you want to follow my cats, it's we at Morpheus.flora. So yes. Awesome. Oh my god, don't worry, there won't be any of like the blaze to Morpheus if hoping that he would turn into a uh, handsome <laughs> you, you need to upload a photo of that of you just like staring him yeah. down <laughs> and him looking at you like what are you doing <laughs> that's funny and this is Aaron you can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty the E and the A and the B are capitalized be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get found in that big wide world of podcasts. And if you have any feedback, any K dramas you want to give a shout out to, anything like that, feel free to email us at It's a Fandom Thing Pod at gmail.com. And next week, we are going to be back to two episodes a week. So we are going to be finishing up our soap opera month um and we are going to be talking about nighttime dramas we're going to be mainly probably focusing on teen dramas but we're going to talk about like carla's going to be back for that one and carla and i are going to be talking about the show sisters we're going to talk about 90210 um and a few other things as well so that one should be a lot of fun and then we're going to be starting a new thing that we're going to be doing uh, periodically where we're going to just talk about some new movie maybe that came out, some new episode of a television show, and we're going to dive deep into it. And for the first one, we're going to dive deep into the movie Promising Young Woman, which is if you listen to our countdown of our top 10 things from 2020 and things we're looking forward to, you heard me say that this is something I have been looking forward to for over a year now. So I'm very excited to finally be able to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. But going to, and that's going to be chock full of spoilers. So you will want to watch the movie first before you listen to that. And that'll be um, Carla, MJ, and Sarah will be on that episode. So that should be a lot of fun. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter.